0: You're listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with host Jennifer Mattern, helping serious freelancers, bloggers, and indie authors go pro. Hello and welcome. I'm Jen Mattern, and you're listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. This is episode 24. You can find show notes and related links for this episode at com. podcast slash 24. Today we'll continue with our community questions series. I was contacted by an anonymous reader through the blog with a question about self-imposed deadlines and how writers can stick to them. Here's the question they submitted. One of the problems I struggle with the most is completing the task of actually finishing a writing piece. I have started many different works, novels, short stories, poems, articles, blog posts, planning to start a blog one of these days, but that's the problem. I only ever start writing. Rarely do I ever finish the project. And I feel it's because I do not have the stress of a deadline. How do you implement a deadline and actually follow it? I can set as many dates as I want to say that I have to get the work done by, but in the back of my head, the need to get it done is not really real. Any tips? Well, yes, indeed, I do have some tips, but something in the question makes me think there might be more at play here than just deadlines. So let's tackle a potentially underlying problem or two first, and then I'll move on with some ideas on making self-imposed deadlines a little more threatening so you might feel more inclined to stick to them. I wanna start off by talking briefly about self-discipline. Because here's the thing if you want to be a writer or at least a writer who can finish a draft, then self-discipline is not an option. It's an absolute requirement, but self-discipline goes far beyond deadlines. It requires focus and it requires commitment. So in the case of the writer who reached out to me, I suggest a bit of self reflection first, ask yourself, what do you want to get out of this? What are your goals? And not just for your writing career in general, but for the individual projects you're working on. If you don't have a goal or you don't have a plan, then you'll have no real drive to finish something before shiny object syndrome kicks in because another new idea pops into your head. And I am very familiar with shiny object syndrome. We talked about that on the blog recently, and I will link to that post in the show notes for you at allindywriterscom slash podcast slash 24. Also, I want you to think about other areas of your business. Do you have similar issues with finishing what you set out to do, such as with administrative tasks or your finances or your marketing? If so, you might have a broader issue with self-discipline than just deadlines. And you know that is a big topic all on its own, So we'll save that for another episode. I think it'll be a good one to bring a guest in to talk about. But, you know, it's just something I want you to think about and consider before thinking that deadlines are going to be some sort of panacea. Now, one more thing before we talk about deadlines. Not long ago, I had a fun little chat on the podcast with Princess Jones. We talked about fear and confidence issues that writers deal with. You can find that episode at allindierwriters.com slash podcast slash 19, and I will also link to it in the show notes for you. Now, the reason I bring that episode up is because the inability to finish a writing project can often be rooted in fear. So again, I say to our anonymous writer friend, ask yourself the tough questions. Why aren't you finishing these projects? is it really about not having a deadline or is it perhaps that you're afraid of publishing the work you've completed and letting others read it and share feedback on it. Now, I'm not saying that's definitely the issue here, but think about it before you start throwing deadlines against the wall, hoping they'll stick because no deadline in the world is going to get you past a fear of actually finishing. You'll hear about this most often with authors where we talk about a fear of success either because you're afraid of negative reviews or you're afraid that your next work might never live up to the success of the first book. And this can affect writers of all kinds. So again, this is a much bigger issue than the scope of this particular episode. We already have an episode on fear, so if you think this might be a problem for you, I strongly suggest having a listen at allindierwriters.com slash podcast slash 19. Now, let's get to the meat of the question, which is self-imposed deadlines and actually sticking to them. This, again, was something that was brought up on the blog recently, and what it really comes down to is, Can you scare yourself into sticking to a deadline? Because what is a deadline if there are no consequences for failing to meet it, right? And in the post, I believe the way I put it was that frankly, I'm not afraid of myself. I'm just not, I'm not going to punish myself. So me simply saying, okay, this is a deadline and I need to stick to it. That isn't going to cut it. So one of the things that I do is I try to bring in outside help. I have accountability buddies, or sometimes that's a critique partner. And essentially what I do is I tie my self-imposed deadlines to somebody else's schedule. So for example, let's say we're talking about a critique on a story you wrote You might have a critique partner, and maybe you'll schedule a time to chat with them. Well, you're probably going to feel more inclined to meet that deadline, knowing that somebody else has you penciled in on their schedule, on their calendar, and they're counting on you to finish and show up for this chat. Because let's face it, if you don't meet that deadline, you are potentially going to piss off that friend or that colleague or whoever it happens to be. and there is a real consequence there. You know, you could damage your relationship by abusing their schedule and their generosity and being willing to help you. Even if you don't need another person's feedback on your work, where you're gonna be sharing the work with them directly, you can solicit family members or friends or colleagues to serve as accountability buddies, to follow up with you, to nag you essentially, to really just get on your case I actually kind of like being in that role for somebody else because I am an absolute thorn in their side until they finish whatever it is that they're supposed to finish. And I don't do this often, but when I do need someone to help with that, I need that. You know, I need somebody who can be an absolute thorn in my side and who's really going to say, are you making any progress? Did you do any work today? I saw you bullshitting around on Twitter. You know, how much progress did you make? And, I need someone who's not going to let me slack off. But you need somebody who's not afraid of you, somebody who's going to stand up to you, who's going to be tough with you. And that you know, that's my first suggestion, because the moment you get somebody else involved, that deadline becomes more real, and you do have a real consequence there if you fail to meet it. Now, one suggestion that I've seen mentioned several times online, and I don't know where I saw this. Um, But it seems to be the popular thing to do now is to put a financial stake in. And I actually really love this idea. The essence is you give a certain amount of money to someone to hold, maybe $20, $50, $100, whatever you want to risk on this project. And you tell them, if I fail to meet this deadline, I want you to donate that money in my name to a cause that I hate. Now, if you're in the US, you'll know it's election season. So, you know, let's say you're a Democrat and you're very anti-Donald Trump, or you might be a Republican who's very anti-Clinton or Sanders or whoever ends up winning the primaries. And what you might do is take 50 bucks and hand it to your best friend or someone you can trust with it and tell them, to donate that money to the opposite party's candidate should you fail to meet your deadline. Now, in that case, the consequences you don't want to financially support this cause pick something that you're not going to want your money to go to and put it in someone else's hands. Do not trust yourself to make that donation. Okay. Because you're not going to want to punish yourself. You need to let somebody else have that power. So, that's another option so we have the consequence of potentially ruined relationships in the first case and now we have a financial consequence and really this is what it comes down to consequences you need to be able to punish yourself in some way if you do not meet your deadlines you know those consequences don't even have to be huge for example Anne wayman runs a forum Called about writing squared, and it's a you know it's a private membership site, and she has a section in there for accountability threads, where you can basically post your to do list for the week or the day or whatever, and let people watch as you're finishing projects. Now I don't do this currently. I used to do it regularly, and it, it was helpful. Um, right now I just have another process that works for me, but what's beneficial about something like that is a, it's a small group of colleagues um, as opposed to publishing it completely publicly. So there's a certain level of insulation and privacy, but at the same time, you have colleagues who are seeing the progress you are or aren't making during the week. So even if they're not there necessarily to give you grief, if you don't get everything done, there is that certain level of embarrassment if you don't do enough. And there have been times where I've kind of slacked off and then I check my list and I'm like, Oh, you know, (laughs) like everybody can see that I've done shit this week. So that's not cool. So then I'm going to put in a few extra hours. I'm going to knock some things off that list. So it is motivational and it depends on look, what kind of a level of embarrassment are you going to have if you don't meet your goals if that's not going to motivate you to have other people know that you're failing to do these things, then that's not going to work for you. But if you're really worried about your image among your colleagues and something like that could be very, very helpful for you. Now consequences are really the driving factor here with self-imposed deadlines, but it's not your only option. You can also flip that around and focus on rewards. So, you know, for example, think about something like NanoRimo, which is really kind of an arbitrary deadline you set on yourself by saying, I'm going to write a 50,000 word novel or more in the course of a month. And the only real driving factor there is really the satisfaction of getting it done. And, you know, that community involvement, of course, helps. But it's that challenge aspect and the reward aspect of being able to say that you succeeded that year for NaNoWriMo and letting other people see that too. So even a simple reward like that, like just being able to say, yeah, this is an event I took part, I won, yay, is great. But, you know, think about the rest of the year then and, And how you can motivate yourself with rewards for your own private goals, whether that is finishing a novel or editing a novel. So you need to think about what kind of rewards are going to motivate you when you don't have that kind of a group motivation behind you. Um, For example, you're talking about writing blog posts. Well, you know, that seems like a pretty easy case for me because blog posts, getting them done, getting them online, that has a direct impact on the traffic for your blog, which in turn can influence your revenue. So in that sense, now when this reader does launch their own blog, hopefully that'll help in the reward sense that they're gonna be able to monitor those stats and see, okay, if I meet my deadline of having one post every week or three posts every week or whatever they decide to do, I can see these real numbers here my, you know on these charts that my traffic is going up and I'm seeing more ad revenue or I'm making more sales. And you're going to have a certain motivation just in watching your progress happen. And that can be incredibly motivational. And I would consider that kind of a reward situation. It's kind of an experimentation thing too, um, which works for me because I love running experiments and testing. I think that's kind of my deep love of science and it's the way I'm able to work it into a writing career. And it, you know, your mileage may vary, but For me, something like that is very rewarding. Watching those statistics improve, watching the traffic numbers go up, reaching a new goal for traffic or income. So, you know, that's an easy case with blogging. But you can go with more traditional reward setups too. We've talked about this on the blog before. It could be as simple as if I get through this week's to-do list, I'm going to go to the movies this weekend and see this movie I've been wanting to see. Or if I finish this big blog post today, I'm going to reward myself with my favorite dessert. Or let's say you're writing a book and you want a really big reward because it's a big project and you might treat yourself, you know, if you can afford it, you might treat yourself to a huge reward like a trip somewhere. Um, maybe the location that your book takes place in or something. And So, you know, scale your rewards to the project. You know, a blog post doesn't deserve the same kind of reward as finishing a novel, obviously. So, but you have to think about what's going to motivate you. So, I mean, hell, if you finish a project, give yourself a day off. You know, that itself could be a huge motivating factor just because you'll get to spend the day doing whatever you want to do. So think about what's going to motivate you. And again, this is a great way to bring other people in. So they're kind of serving as accountability buddies. So for example, let's say in the summer, let's say you like amusement parks. I love amusement parks. So, and let's say you have kids. So what you might do is you might promise yourself and your kids that you're gonna take them to your local amusement park for the day As soon as you finish whatever project it is you're working on, well, all of a sudden, not only do you have that kind of reward going for you and that you're going to get the day off to go and have some fun, but you're going to have kids who really want you to finish that project. And either they will help push you in a positive way, or they will leave you the hell alone so you can work. So either way, it's win-win. But yeah, getting other people involved, maybe getting a colleague involved by saying, oh, hey, if I finish this by X date, maybe we can go meet for coffee this morning, you know, something like that. Um, where you get to get out and socialize a little bit and, you know, just have a change of scenery. Even that's motivational. So ultimately, it comes down to either coming up with consequences that will really make you feel some level of pain if you don't meet your deadline, or it comes down to rewards. And each of us is going to be motivated differently, and you need to know what that is for you. Once you figure out what that is, you'll have a much easier time setting deadlines you can stick with. So we've talked about options of setting consequences if you fail to meet deadlines, and also rewards to encourage you to meet them. But here's another option. This is an option I've been personally using recently. And that is to forget about self-imposed deadlines altogether and look for ways to assign real deadlines to your work. So for example, I have been working on a variety of horror short stories and I have several in various phases. And I really wanted to start pitching this summer to publications. So I started keeping an eye on calls for submissions. And there are a few publications that I wanna submit stories to for consideration. So essentially what I did was instead of just working on these stories that I wanted to work on for the hell of writing them, I looked for publications that were actively soliciting stories. And some of the stories I was working on anyway might fit with them. And in other cases, I am starting completely fresh stories for them. But the benefit there is that each of these publications has a deadline for submissions. So instead of relying on myself to get my ass in gear and get the stuff ready to submit for the summer, instead, I looked for publications first, And I modeled my schedule around them. And it's working out really well. I will be submitting my first for consideration by the end of this month. And it is exciting and it is scary. But the point is that deadline is helping me make sure that that story is not only drafted, but revised and polished and ready to go. Whether or not it gets picked up by that publication, the point is that it's then out there. I've done something with it, I've finished this, and I can always pitch it somewhere else later if it gets rejected at the first place. So that is another idea. you know, again, with short stories that's easy. You look for publications, you look for calls for submission, and that might be an anthology or it might be a website or it could be a magazine. But you can do that with other things too. So for example, you know, the person who sent this question in mentioned that they were planning to start a blog. So I have to assume that they don't have one yet. And yet they were talking about writing blog posts. So let's say what they're talking about is writing guest posts, just trying to get their name out there. What you would do is instead of writing these posts and hanging on to them for the launch of your own site, instead start contacting other blogs in your niche. And talk to them about accepting these posts as guest posts. And, you know, they won't always give you a deadline. But, you know, in some cases, you'll end up with a deadline because they'll have a certain time that they want it published. Or you could even suggest a specific publication date if the blogger is open to that, which would give you a hard deadline. And then all of a sudden, you have somebody else relying on you. So even if you were the one who set that deadline, all of a sudden that deadline is real. So that's an option, you know, with guest posting. If you just need to get in the habit of writing on a deadline as a blogger. Now, and and even if you don't have a specific deadline, you still have somebody waiting on it. So you might set your own private deadline then and make sure they have it. You're not going to keep them waiting forever, I would hope. So, you know, that's an option. And I had mentioned NaNoWriMo before. That is another good example here, where it is kind of an arbitrary deadline. It's one that you are committing to on your own. There's no major consequence if you don't reach that goal. But by joining a community that's all working, not together, but working alongside each other towards the same goal, Again, it might feel like it's more of a hard deadline. I mean, it's kind of a hard deadline in that the event itself has an end date. So, you know, you have an option there for a novel. You have the option I gave you for short stories, an option for blog posts. And this doesn't have to be something that you do for every project. But what you might wanna do is try this a few times just to get yourself in the habit of writing on deadline and setting deadlines for yourself. I mean, even with the short stories, you're kind of setting your own deadlines because you're choosing these publications to pitch to. So you have a certain level of control over the deadline and, but you're going to have more inclination to stick to them. So do it just for the sake of practice, if nothing else, and just to get into that habit. Because once you get in the habit of sticking, of setting and sticking to deadlines, it becomes much, much easier to do it on a regular basis, whether or not you have any kind of severe consequence or major reward involved. So I hope that, you know, somewhere in those ideas, you'll find a formula that works for you. But before we end here, I also want to say that you shouldn't feel guilty for not meeting every deadline. Okay. No one is going to finish everything. If you're not finishing anything at all, then yeah, that is a problem and you need to work on it. But don't feel like you have to finish that short story or you have to finish this particular blog post or you have to do whatever, because no, you really don't have to. And the truth is When it comes to individual projects, you are going to sometimes have legitimate business reasons for changing your mind or dropping a project or delaying a project. And the key is understanding when you're putting something off because you're struggling with motivation versus putting something off because it's your business strategy. So, for example, When it comes to launching new blogs, I always have several in development. I've had some that have been sitting in development stages for years. I've had others that get launched within a few hours of me starting development on the site. And the reason some of those take forever to get going or they get canceled is because another idea did come up. And that doesn't mean that it was a shiny object syndrome situation where I just jumped to it. But it means that I had a legitimate reason when I compared these projects and the potential for revenue, for traffic, for how they were going to interact with other projects that are going on with my business, that there was a legitimate reason to focus on project B and set aside project A. And that's okay. You have to be able to make those decisions. But What you don't want to do is just quit projects on a whim. You know, if that's what you're doing, then it might be a focus or self discipline issue. And if you find that you're getting near the end of a project all the time and then quitting right before publication, then you might have more of a fear issue. But don't think that a failure to finish some things is always bad. It's not. So it's okay. To let some things go, and it is okay to put projects on the shelf. You wouldn't believe how many projects I have on the shelf. And there are some that I would love to get back to. I would love to. But until doing so makes sense in a business capacity compared to other projects that I have going on, it's not gonna happen, nor should it. So, yeah, you need to think about consequences, you need to think about rewards and understand that it is okay to let some things go. Don't hang on to a project if it really isn't right for your writing business right now. And I think that's all I have for you today. So I want to thank our community member who contacted me with this question. I would love to hear your thoughts. If you have other ideas for sticking to self-imposed deadlines, if you want to weigh in, you can leave a comment on the show notes page. And if you'd like me to tackle something specific in a future episode, you can submit your writing-related questions through the contact form at allindywriters.com slash podcast by emailing me at jen that's J-E-N-N, at com, or by leaving me a voicemail at 484-575-1345. You can find show notes and related links for this episode at allindierwriters.com slash podcast slash 24. You can also access this podcast, audio blog posts, and related audio productions by visiting freelancetheater.com. You've been listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with Jen Mattern a Freelance Theater production. Freelance Theater. It's all writers need for life's little episodes.